Well, hello. You guys feeling good? If you just saw that Father's Day video, you see what I'm dealing with now at home, right? <laughs> Someone backstage went, hey, have you seen the Father's Day video? And I said, no. They go, you got to watch this. I'm not happy. I'm still trying to recover from what just happened. Um, I want to say hi to all of our locations. We're so glad that you're with us. What's up, everybody in Denver, Brussels, Belgium? We love you. Ladies at the God Behind Bars campus, men at the God Behind Bars campuses, we love you. So yeah, the little long-haired, mouthy kid is mine from the video. And uh, I'm telling you, you just saw the tip of the iceberg with what I deal with, all right? Um, in fact, if you happen to follow my wife on social media, she recently put this picture up. Go ahead and put that up there. Um, that was at um, Ethan's eighth grade graduation. And she says, I'm so proud of our sweet boy. And all the time she posts, she talks about our sweet boys. And if you just saw the picture on social media, they sort of look like sweet boys, but what you know, so if you have an iPhone, um, you know that uh, some of the recent ones, at least, if there's a, there's a setting on there, and when you go to take a picture, sometimes it shoots video, you know what I'm talking about? Well, this picture, that setting was on. And so I was sending the picture to Jill, and I, I put my finger on it, and I saw what happened right before the picture was taken. Watch this. Play that again. <laughs> you see the violence and the deception that is going on at my house with that little boy. He is his mother's son. <laughs> hey, happy Father's Day to everybody here in all our locations. Brussels, I know you guys celebrate Father's Day before us. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Um, dads, what we do uh, to me, I think what we get to do is one of the greatest things in the world. But let's be honest, it's also sometimes one of the most difficult things in the world. And, and it's sometimes exhausting and expensive and makes you feel insecure and your kid calls you fat and all kinds of things happen, right? So to make it all better, when you leave today, you're going to get a Red Rocks Church Nerf football. And that's going to heal your wounds. Dads, we hope you feel loved and appreciated today. We're in this teaching series called GOAT. And we've been talking about a guy by the name of John the Baptist. A guy that Jesus said, he's the GOAT. He's, he's the greatest. He's the greatest of all time. He's the Michael Jordan of basketball, the Wayne Gretzky of hockey, the Ali of boxing, the Tommy Boy of cinematography. He is the greatest of all times. And, and Chad read this verse last week. Jesus said it like this, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. That's it right there. He's the goat, the greatest of all times. And so that's why we're talking about him. But today I want to talk about what happened right before Jesus said that. What, what was going on that caused Jesus to say that? What prompted Jesus to say that John the Baptist was the greatest of all time? That's what I want to talk about today. And, and Chad said this last week if you were here, but this teaching series is, is going to be a little tougher this teaching series is going to be a little more challenging. It's going to be um, 
just a little bit more difficult to wade through. We're going to get into some tough topics. And so um, today, we're going to talk about something that uh, will affect every single one of us at some point in our lives, if it's not right now, and that is the topic of pain. And so because this is such a serious topic and because it does affect every single one of us, uh, can we pray before we get started? Can we do that? God, I thank you so much that you are with us right now. I thank you so much that you have a plan for us right now, even if we don't know what that is. And God, you over anyone else on this planet know what we've been through and you know what we're going through. And for some of us, you know what we will go through. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to us, encourage us, teach us, equip us, help us deal with the reality that every now and then in this world, we experience pain. Speak to us about our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. What prompted Jesus to say, John, you're the goat. You're the greatest of all time. If you have your Bibles, flip open to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to be there for most of the day. If you missed last week, John is Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist, he's called that because he actually did. He baptized people. Uh, he spent his whole public ministry pointing people to Jesus, talking about how Jesus is going to come and change everything. In fact, he ended up baptizing Jesus himself. Jesus calls him the greatest man ever born of a woman. I mean, he really did get to experience things in this world that nobody else did. But one day, one day John is standing up for righteousness. One day John is just standing up for what the word of God teaches. And some people don't like it and they throw him in prison. And in an instant, John's life is flipped upside down. In an instant, what, what was good is now bad. What made sense now makes no sense. Everything that he had hoped and planned, it's all wrecked, right? Everything changes in an instant. And let's be honest, we know what that feels like, don't we? Some of you are in the middle of that right now. How, how life can flip upside down in an instant, in a phone call, in a conversation, in an accident, in a doctor's visit, right? And, and, and all of a sudden, everything that you thought was going one way goes, and it's all wrong. Nothing makes sense. That's where John's at. Everything's wrong, and nothing makes sense, and now he's in prison. Death, imminent. Nothing makes sense, and, and, and it's as bad as it can be, and, and John doesn't pretend that it's not. Watch what happens, 11, Matthew eleven two 2 and 3. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And, and as I've been reading this passage over and over this week, there's a few things in it. We're only going to get a chance to hit a couple of them today. But there's a few things in it that have made me go, wait a minute, what? Like, what is going on with that? The first, the first problem I guess I, I had with this was, you know, I'm reading it and I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean John's in prison? Like, he's the goat. He can't be in prison. And in fact, in the, in the margin in my Bible, I wrote that. I wrote, what's John doing in prison? He's the greatest of all times. That doesn't make any sense. He shouldn't be in, in prison. And what it reminded me 
Is it the fact that he was, the fact that the one that Jesus said he's the greatest of all time, the fact that he was in prison ruins some bad theology today? Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've heard it alluded to. And it's probably mostly just a Western thing, but you'll hear people say or allude to this. If you're a follower of Jesus, well, everything just always works out. If you'll put your faith in Jesus, everything goes smooth after that. If you have great faith, well, you don't have to ever be sick. You heard that? If you have great faith, you'll never be sick. You'll always be rich and you'll always be healthy and you'll always be happy. You'll always be happily married. Is that right? Is that how it works? Not if you read the Bible. Not if you look at Hebrews chapter 11. Not if you look at the lives of the disciples. Not if you look at the life of John the Baptist. And I've heard people say crazy things to other people. I've heard believers say crazy things to other believers. Things like, that person in your family, they weren't healed because you didn't have enough faith. Is that how it works? They weren't healed because you must have some sin in your life as if they've never sinned. They weren't, you're experiencing bad things because God is punishing you because you just haven't been a strong enough believer. Your faith hasn't been where it should be. Is that how it works? No, John shows us that that's not how it is. The fact that he's in prison ruins some bad theology. It destroys it. Because you can't look at John the Baptist and say, you're in prison because you got too much sin in your life. Well, he's the greatest. You're in prison because you don't have good enough faith. He's the greatest. Right? The fact that he's in prison, the fact that he was the one that God chose to prepare the way for Jesus. He was the one God chose to baptize Jesus. He was the one that Jesus said, out of all of you, he's the best. It ruins some real bad theology. He's not in prison because he didn't have good enough faith. He's not in prison because he had a sin problem. And the truth is, Red Rocks Church, and if you've lived much life at all, you already know this. Every single one of us is going to experience pain in our lives. And being a believer in Jesus Christ doesn't make us exempt from that. That's what John shows us. Jesus said it like this, John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. See what Jesus said? I'm not telling you this because your faith isn't good enough. You know, we don't get to do anything perfect until heaven, include have perfect faith. He said, I'm not telling you, it's not because your faith isn't where it should be. It's not because I'm punishing you. It's not because you have sin in your life. It's because you're in this world. That's what he said. It's, that's the problem. Because in this world, right now, we're in a broken world and we're broken people and there's a real Satan who wants to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. And so Jesus said, until heaven, until you're not in this world, there's gonna be times when you experience pain. And he said, but take heart, I've overcome it. And, and I think I just wanted to start with this sort of as our foundation today, and it's this. It's okay to hurt, and it's okay to mourn. See, sometimes in the church, we feel like we're not allowed to do those things. 
Because maybe that makes it look like I don't have perfect faith anymore. Maybe that look, makes it look like I don't believe in God the way I should. Maybe that looks like I'm not quite the believer I should. No, listen, it's okay to hurt. And it's okay to mourn. If the greatest, the goat, if John the Baptist experienced times of pain, we will too. And you don't have to come here and pretend otherwise. You don't have to go to your life group and pretend you're not hurting. If you're hurting, say, I'm hurting. It's okay. You don't have to come here on the weekends and pretend everything's put together and you're not hurting. If you're hurting, say, you're hurting. It's okay. You don't have to go to God in prayer and pretend you got everything figured out. It's okay to hurt. And it's okay to mourn. And some of you need to know that. John didn't just show us that even really, really great believers in Jesus, he didn't just show us that we experience pain. He also showed us that from time to time we deal with doubt. And I know that is a problem for some people's theology as well. But let's reread Matthew eleven two. 2. When John, who was in prison, listen to this, heard about the deeds of the Messiah... Think about this for a second. This is what's causing him to lose it for a minute. He's in prison and he's going, what I hear is how everybody else is doing okay. And we know what that feels like, right? How come they can have children and we can't? How come they're not experiencing tragedy and we are? How come that person found a spouse and I can't? He hears what everybody else is experiencing and compares it to what he's going through. He heard about the deeds of the Messiah. He sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one? Are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? And I read that this week and I went, what? How's John the Baptist going to say to Jesus, are you the one? Because if you've grown up in church or if you've spent much time in the Bible, like, if, if there's anybody who shouldn't doubt, it's John the Baptist, right? I mean, listen to what he already said about the Jesus that he sees with his own eyes. Listen to this, John 1, I baptize with water, John replied, but among you, he's talking about Jesus, but among you stands one you do not know. He's the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Verse 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, right there, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus knew who, I mean, John knew who Jesus was. He was telling other people, like, there he is. He's the one. And then he baptizes Jesus and the heavens open up and the Holy Spirit comes down in what the author said looks something like a dove. And they heard in an audible voice, God say, hey, he's the one. I mean, if there's anyone who shouldn't be doubting whether or not Jesus is the one, isn't it John? And so that started to mess with me. But, but, but it is what it is. You know what John said? He said, I used to think you were. I thought you were God. I've been telling people how good you are. I thought you were good. I thought you loved me. I thought you cared. I thought you had a plan. I thought I knew who you were, but now I'm looking at my situation and I'm not so sure. Come on, Red Rocks. Some of us know what that feels like. I thought I knew who you were, 
I thought you were God. I thought you were good. But then death happened in my life, in my family. Then tragedy happened. Then sickness happened. Then the accident happened. Then the doctor's report came in. Then everything changed. Then I found out the truth. Then that person left me. Then I thought, right? I thought you were God. I thought you were good. I thought you cared. But I'm looking at my life right now and I'm not so sure. The greats, John the Baptist, had questions and doubted. Red Rocks Church, pain is real. And so is doubt. And listen, if the guy that Jesus called the greatest, if he had him, don't you think we will? Listen, you don't have to pretend. It's okay to hurt when something bad happens. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to question. It's okay to doubt. He can handle our doubts. He can handle our questions. He can handle our painful moments when we don't know how to respond in the Christian manner. He gets it. But see, what happens with us sometimes is, is we've been told the opposite. We've been told that if I don't have perfect faith, that he's not going to do anything for me, so I, bet, I guess I better just pretend I don't have any doubts. And then we think things about God, and we get angry, and we get hurt, and sometimes we even say them, and then we feel so guilty, either because of anger or guilt. We think, I guess because of all my hurt, i got to just walk away from God. But here we see John the Baptist do the opposite. He says, no, I'm going to go to Jesus with my pain, with my questions, with my hurt, with my doubt. John said, I'm not playing games. I'm not going to pretend I have perfect faith because I don't. I used to think I understood everything, but now I'm hurting, and now I don't think I understand. So tell me, are you the one? He flat out went to Jesus with his doubts. And what I love, and you keep reading, it's after he does this. It's after he says, I'm going to go to you and be honest, God. It's after that that Jesus said to everybody listening, let me tell you something about John. Yeah, he's hurting right now. You would be too. And yeah, he's got questions right now. You'd have questions too. And yeah, he's doubting right now. But let me tell you what. Of everyone ever born of a woman, he's the greatest. Jesus wasn't mad at him. Jesus wasn't disappointed in him. Jesus understood. Yeah, you're, yeah you got some doubts. You're going through a really tough time right now. And so Red Rocks Church, I want to tell you today... You're not a second-class Christian if you admit that you're hurting. You're not a second-class Christian if you admit that you're doubting. If, if John the Baptist did, there's a good chance you and I will too. Listen how Jesus replied to John. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. You go tell John that miracles are happening behind the scenes. He just can't see it right now. That's what Jesus said. And I believe some, somebody needs to hear that today. There's somebody listening to this or watching this, and you need to hear this today. From where you're sitting right now, what you feel like is prison, what for some of our God Behind Bars campuses is, 
From where you're sitting right now and the pain that you're feeling and the hurt and the confusion, you can't see it. But God's working miracles behind the scenes. You just can't tell yet. And see, I could take this mic around this campus. I could take this mic around every single campus we have. And thousands of people in just this church family would tell you that's been my story. I went through something that I did not think I could recover from. But here I am now, and let me tell you what my God has done in my life. I didn't see it. I didn't know it. I couldn't feel it. But he was doing miracles behind the scene when I was at my worst. And some of you need to hear that today. Even when that's true, though, let's be honest, the pain is still very real, isn't it? Even when I can get myself to go, okay, God's working in ways I can't quite comprehend right now, the pain is still real. And so let me just say this. What I refuse to do is to stand up here and pretend I know why you're going through really tough times. I won't do that. If I can't tell you why I go through tough things, there's not a chance in the world I can tell you why you do. But can I, can I at least be someone who today you, I, I could look at you and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. If you're hurting right now, if you're in pain right now, and I know some of you are, I know some of your stories. From the bottom of my heart, I just want to say I'm sorry, and I hate it for you. And I know it's real. I know it's happening. Last week, I had some meetings with just people within the church family. And in one day of meetings... I heard people talk about addiction, regret, divorce, rape, a death of a child, adultery. I mean, there's so much pain in this world right now, and some of you are in the middle of it. I went and visited a friend this week in the hospital. Beautiful wife, beautiful daughters. Just got, went to the hospital with a blood clot, got diagnosed with leukemia. One of Chad's friends just called him and said, I've never felt more healthy. I just did an insanity workout this morning. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer today. And so church, I just want you to know almost every single day, if not every day, our staff emails around names of people in this church family and we're praying for you and we're believing for miracles. I'm sorry if you're hurting today. I hate it for you. And I don't know why it's happening, and I won't pretend to. But as your pastor, here's what I believe. I believe that pain is real, and I believe that God is good at the same time. And see, I used to couldn't say that. I used to would have told you, no, 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 because of the pain I've experienced, this is proof that God's not good, that God's not real. And I would tell you about my pain because like a bunch of you, I've experienced some pain and I've experienced people in my family die and I've experienced loss and I've experienced people leaving and I've seen abuse up close and personal. Like I've been through some stuff too. So I would tell you because of my pain, God's not good. And maybe some of you feel that way right now. And today I would just tell you, put me on a polygraph test and I'll tell you, I believe that pain is real And I believe God is good at the same time. I used to think the two were mutually exclusive. I don't anymore. And in fact, I think if we could talk to John the Baptist today, 
he'd say the exact same thing. I think he would say, yeah, my pain was real and my God was good. And, and, and as soon as I say that, there may be some of you that you know your Bible a little bit and you go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I know how this story turns out. John wouldn't say God's good. This one doesn't have a happy ending. John dies in this prison. He gets executed in this prison. So how on earth would John the Baptist say my pain was real and God was good? And see, I think he would say that because I think John the Baptist defines good differently than we do sometimes. See, read his story. You can read every verse about John the Baptist in just a few minutes. I think he defines good differently. See, like for me, and I bet you sometimes, if I'm comfortable and things are happening the way I hoped they would, then God is good. But if I'm uncomfortable and things aren't happening the way I had hoped they would, then God's not so good. See, sometimes we define God being good. We associate that with our comfort. And I think John defined it differently. I don't think John was looking for comfort. I think John was looking for significance. Read his, read his story. He wasn't trying to win popularity contests. He wasn't trying to, to be popular with anybody. He wasn't trying to get a promotion. He wasn't looking for more money. He wasn't trying to please people. He wanted to be significant. That's what he wanted. Notice when he sends word to Jesus, he doesn't say, hey, Jesus, can you make me more comfortable in prison? I bet you most of you, I know me. If I'm in prison and he's my cousin and I can get word to him, I got one message for you. Get me out. That's it, right? Get me out. I'm not supposed to be here. He doesn't ask Jesus to get him out. He doesn't ask Jesus to get him a better cell. He doesn't ask Jesus to get him out of some shackles. He doesn't ask Jesus to free him from prison. What's he say? I want to know if you're the one. I want to know if I've wasted my time. Because, see, I don't care about comfort so much. I want significance. And I've spent my whole life telling people you're the one. That's all I've done. Read his story. Literally from the womb, John the Baptist was testifying that Jesus is the Son of God. So he sends word and says, I got one question for you. Are you the one? Have I wasted my time? That's what he wants to know. And, and, and notice how Jesus responds to John. He doesn't say, hey man, hold tight. The Calvary's coming. I'm gonna get you out. I'm gonna make you comfortable because Jesus knows John's deepest desire, which I think is ours too. It's not comfort, it's significance. And so John sends word back, Jesus sends word back to John. He says, you go tell John that lives are being changed. You go tell John that miracles are happening. You go tell John, yeah, I'm the one. I'm the Lamb of God. I came to take away the sins of the world. And guess what? You started it. You pointed people this way. It's because of you that all this is happening. In fact, I'm using your pain right now to advance the kingdom of heaven. You go tell John he couldn't be more significant. And I think for that very reason, if we could talk to John today, he would say, yes, my pain was real. But let me tell you what I got to be a part of. 
Let me tell you what my God let me be a part of. Because of my story, because of what I went through, blind people can see, lame people can walk, deaf people can hear. Kingdom of heaven is growing. Heaven's getting more crowded because of what I went through. I didn't earn that. I didn't deserve to be a part of that. My God let me be a part of that. He's so good. See, I think John would say my pain was incredibly real and my God was good at the exact same time. Maybe you think, well, that's John the Baptist. That's not me. That's not today's world. That's not our reality. That's the goat. That's how maybe the greatest of all times thought. What about us today? I was talking this week to a longtime friend, Adrian Graves. Some of you know Jason and Adrian Graves. If you're really OG around here. Jason and Adrian were at prayer meetings for this church before we had our first service. Like they've been here since before day one. And and unfortunately, if, if you do know Jason and Adrian, then you know their story. And the way we got to know Jason and Adrian was in really sad circumstances because their baby Noah was sick. And so they spent five and a half months in the hospital with Noah, and that's where we got to know Jason and Adrian. Hospital visits, phone calls, dinners at the hospital. That's how we got to know them for five and a half months. And after five and a half months, the doctors looked at Jason and Adrian and they said, we can't fix your son and we don't know what's wrong. Take him home and enjoy him. And about a month and a half later, Red Rocks Church had our very first funeral for baby Noah. And so I was talking to Adrian this week, and I said, Adrian, I really believe the pain is real and God is good. But you've been through something I haven't. What do you think about that? And I wrote down what she said. She said, Sean, one day I was praying, and here's what I said to God. I said, God, I'm a theology major. I believe in miracles. All I've ever wanted to do was serve you. I'm a believer. I go around the world and tell people how amazing you are. Why aren't you healing my son? All I feel is loss and pain. And she said, without even thinking, I said to God, do you know what it's like to lose a son? She said, he immediately said back to me, yeah, I gave mine for you. She said, Sean, here's my reality. God's amazing whether he healed my son or not. Look at what he's already done. And sometimes I need to remind myself, Jesus Christ died on a cross so that if I put my faith in him today, I can be completely forgiven, completely redeemed, completely restored, and get heaven forever. What he did for me on the cross was so painful. They didn't even have a word to describe it, so they created a new word called excruciating, which means pain from the cross. And every now and then, I just need to remind myself of what Jesus already did for me, because it helps me remember, yes, my pain is real. And, yes, My God is good at the same time. Ben, would you come up?
Jesus ends this conversation. And he only gives one instruction. And everybody listening, they just watched it all go down. They know what's going on. John sent disciples. John's in prison. John's hurting. And Jesus says to everybody left, let me tell you what you do when you're hurting. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And look, Red Rocks, I know the temptation. The temptation is the same for all of us. It's when I'm hurting that I'm running away from him. And Jesus said, I know. I know that's the temptation, and I know your hurt comes with all kinds of unanswered questions and things that don't seem fair and don't seem right. But I'm telling you, if you'll come to me, I'll give you rest for your souls, and that's what you need. So I asked Adrian. In fact, her and I were texting about this passage this week. And I said, Adrian, how do you do that? How do you deal with something like losing your child and not want to walk away from God, but actually go to him? How do you do that? And she said she was in the hospital one day with baby Noah. And she knew things weren't going well. And, and someone came in the room and said something to her. And she said, Sean, I just lost it. And I sprinted out of the room and I ran and I found a dark hallway in the hospital and I started to let God have it. Here's what she said. I didn't pretend to be a good polished chaplain. I got raw and real. I said everything that was on my heart. And I sat there waiting to get struck by lightning because I dropped F-bombs on the creator of the universe. <laughs> and she said, I had this peace that literally filled me. I was fully known in that moment. Even though I didn't know all the plans God had, I knew he was with me, he was good, and that he loved me. Sometimes that's exactly it. We don't need to pretend that we're something we're not. We go to God with our pain. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to question. It's okay to doubt. Listen. I believe this. Our pain is real. And our God is good. And sometimes the only way to make it is to run to our God with our pain. Red Rocks Church, at every location, would you stand up with me? The band's going to play a song. And, and, and really this song is sort of the, of the perspective of God talking to us. At every location, please don't leave unless it's an emergency because I'm going to come back after this song and we're going to finish this talk. But I want you to just let God speak to you. You can sing along. You can raise your hands and worship. You can put your hands in your pockets and just say, God, speak to me. But would you allow God to speak to you about whatever it is you're in the middle of right now?